0: Welcome everyone to MDV The Blueprint podcast. I am your host Michael Delavella and today we have a fantastic guest and a good friend of mine Bob Wilson with Howard Hanna Mortgage. And hopefully at the end of this 30 minutes you guys will have learned a lot about Bob and gotten some great advice on loan originations. So without further ado, my good friend, Bob Wilson. Bob, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing
1: great. Good to be How- here. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Beautiful day today. Except for the smoke.
0: <laughs> you know, you know, I haven't been out enough today to see what's been going on. I'm just seeing it on text and on Twitter.
1: Is this Canadian Fires again? Yeah, Canadian Fires again. And it smells like a bonfire when you walk out of your house. Why? Because all that smoke's coming down from Canada. But I thought it's all, all the rains the last
0: couple of weeks have put this out.
1: Nope. No, it's back. It's wow. back in force. Yeah, um, I did see a
0: text this morning from one of my friends that was going downtown to Shering williams He's like, you cannot see downtown Cleveland or anything past in front of you. It's that bad. That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, it's terrible. Um, okay, Bob, so let's get into it. I would love to hear from you. Give me, again, we've known each other for a long time, but the people listening haven't known you for 30 plus years. So why don't you tell me the Bob Wilson backstory?
1: Well, it's, it's a a long story, but we'll try to keep it short and brief. Um, I dropped out of high school when I was about 16 years old, thought I knew more than all the teachers and everybody around me. So I left school and, uh, Later on, about when I turned about 18 years old, my dad gave me an ultimatum to find a job, go back to school, or just basically get out of his house. Um, and that's when I joined the military and joined the Navy and uh, learned how to straighten my act out a little bit. Um, while I was in the Navy, I got my GED, started going to college, completed my college education after I got out of the Navy with a degree in finance with a concentration in real estate. And that led to me becoming a mortgage loan officer, which is where I am today. Was your first job with Smythe Kramer? Actually, my first job was with First Nationwide Bank, and then I was with Woodside Mortgage, and then I became a loan officer with then Smythe Kramer, which later became Howard Hanna. And that's where I met you
0: with Smythe Kramer <laughs> Bay Village Office, Kathy Lamus. Wow, you're, you've a been. A million years ago. <laughs> long time, long time. What would you say, again, someone that's done that this this long and been successful, what is your. What is your blueprint to success?
1: Well, I think a loan officer in this market, if you don't provide great customer service and just try to take care of everything for your customers, be there for them any time of the day or night. If you're on vacation, you still got to answer calls. If you're at home with your family in the evening, you got to still take calls. You got to be there for your customers 100% of the time to make sure they get the service that they need to get their transaction closed. And also attention to detail. You've got to pay very, very close attention to every detail in the transaction to make sure the customer's well taken care of, and that nothing slips through the cracks that would prevent them from closing on their house. It's somebody's dream to buy a house. We got to take care of them from beginning to end. Yeah, and 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 I can attest to that. That um, you
0: always pick up the phone. You're always there to answer the next question. There's never a bad time for you, and I'm sure that's come up come with the cost over the years, but um, you're, you, are, you are uh, excellent at communicating and keeping people informed and the buyers. So bravo to you. You do a fantastic, fantastic job of that.
1: Well, I know you don't have a choice, but to operate pretty much the same way you have to be available for your customers. You provide excellent customer service. It's It's what we have to do in our industry. It's the only way we can succeed. I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm too available always.
0: And, uh, sometimes I feel the same way again. Now with my family being older, um, the kids gone, it's, I, I, if I, if I had to go back and know what I know now and know that I could call someone back in 10 minutes or 15, 15 minutes I, I, I probably wouldn't have done and made some of the decisions that that, that I did over the years. That some of them were, were silly because you always can get back to everybody. And I was so I gotta pick up the phone, gotta take a call, no matter where.
1: I know the feeling. I know the feeling.
0: It's the exact same. You can solve the problem in five minutes. It it's it's not gonna take care of itself immediately when that phone rings. So um that's good advice. Um if 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 you I know you mentor people in, in this industry, what advice do you have for young loan officers that are getting just getting started and trying to build a business? Would you go through the same thing that communication?
1: Communication. You can never communicate too much. I mean, and don't lie. Don't overpromise. Make sure you're telling the customer what you can deliver. Don't promise more than you can deliver. Just make sure you take good care. And it's not just the end customer, it's the realtor as well. If you don't take care of their business, they're not going to trust you with their commission. So you've got to take care of two sets of customers in the mortgage origination platform. We got to take care of both. We got to keep everybody happy and continue to continue to generate business. And I also tell them, don't expect to get rich quick. This is not a you know, all of a sudden you're going to become a loan officer and tomorrow you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars. You got to build your book of business. You got to build your referral sources, work on generating future business by making people happy and continuing to take care of people. So it just continues to grow and improve over time.
0: Good points. Good points. Have you seen, and I, I know the answer to this, but how challenging has this year been for you? And what do you expect going forward the rest of the year? And what are you doing to overcome these challenges?
1: Well, it, I don't know how we're going to overcome the challenges because the biggest challenge we have right now is inventory. I mean, we can have buyers pre-approved left and right, have tons of people to work with, prepare them for the, for the negotiations and everything that they have to go through. But if there's no product to sell them, it's really a tough market right now. I just had a conversation with a senior vice president with Howard Hanna mortgage, and he's been in the business over 30 years as well. And we both agreed we've never seen a market like this before, where there's just been tons of people that want to buy a house, but just nothing to sell them. It's just a very difficult time. I joke with everybody that I say a prayer every night, praying for more listings because we just don't have enough product for the consumers that want to buy.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so obvious. I mean, I, I, Anyone I talk to is in the same boat. We, we don't know where we would go. We like to, but you know, people that want to up, go, move up. Have you seen a challenge with the move-up buyer that they're going to pay way much more and pay more for a mortgage for where they're at right now, and they do not want to make the change of sell the old house? Do you think that's affecting?
1: Well, I mean, it's gonna come into their thought process. If they currently have a two and a half or three percent interest rate on their mortgage and they're gonna come into the market, they're gonna to have to take out a mortgage on the new house potential. And if they do, they're gonna be at six and a half, six and three quarter percent rate on a new mortgage. So there's a big spread there. There's a big cost to making that move into a bigger house right now versus just just two two and a half years ago. So that that interest rate differential I think is causing some people to balk and again, not having the inventory, where are they going to go? I mean, we're lucky. We have the product called the buy before you sell program, where we can help customers buy a house before they sell their current house to hopefully add listings to the, to the portfolio. But it's just, it's, it's just a really tough market to get people to list right now.
0: Would you mind elaborating on that program, which is a fantastic program?
1: I can go into the, the I won't go into the weeds, but just the the beginning of it, basically, it allows you to borrow against your existing home, the equity that you currently have, to use that as a down payment on the new house. Now, you still have to qualify for the old house and the new house together, so it has to be a very well-qualified buyer, but enables you to make a purchase prior to actually selling your house and put you in a position to be out of your house, stage it, have it ready to put on the market to sell without having to deal with the showings all the time because you're already in the new house. So it's just, it's a way to help people advance some of that equity, get them into the new house, and then look at potentially recasting the new mortgage once they actually sell their current home.
0: Interesting. You say recasting. I mean, that's like the hot, hot buzzword right now is. Oh, recasting. it's huge. People are doing it all the time now. Yeah. In, 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 interesting. Are, are people, I'm sorry, are buyers and agents putting their clients into the buy before you sell or Are they not educated enough on that?
1: I would say some agents are using it fairly regularly. Other agents don't understand enough about it, which I, I, I tell them, they don't have to understand it. They just have to get them in front of us so we can explain it to them and help them get involved with it. But it's a, it's a program that can overcome an objection and help somebody potentially buy a house now versus waiting to do it down the road. Is that the best product that you have to offer the consumer right now for that situation? But a lot of times we discuss borrowing against four hundred one k's. We look at other avenues. You know, we look at their whole picture. We don't just present the buy before you sell, and that's that's all they can do. There's other things we can look at from their asset portfolio. Can they afford to make a down payment without borrowing against their house? So we can limit their out of pocket costs. We look at the whole picture and try to advise them from a from a full perspective.
0: Do you do you see FHA and VA making a comeback this year?
1: not yet um they both reduced um their upfront costs for the mip and the va funding fee so those things were adjusted to kind of make them a little bit more competitive in the marketplace and help those products grow but again with the low inventory for some reason both of those products are somewhat stigmatized so when you write an offer for an fha buyer you're going up against conventional offers in cash Uh, the premise is they're gonna they're gonna look at the conventional or cash over the FHA when really those products are very similar and they're I mean it it's 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 sad that they're pushed down to the bottom of the pile like VA is um, because veterans certainly de- deserve an opportunity to buy a house and it's very frustrating you and I have talked about that before that's that's a buzz for me that really it irritates me because I really believe veterans deserve an opportunity to buy a house and we both know what a great great product it is
0: and here's a good story memorial day weekend i had a listing put it on i think that friday memorial day comes around and i get an offer and had a conventional and i think two conventionals and we had a va and the va actually won out it was by far the best most qualified buyer of the three offers we had, and again on Memorial Day that you know we sold a home to a veteran, which was a great feeling, and the uh, the home just closed, and it was a very easy transaction. So the stigma with VA, I I, I think um, people need to educate themselves, or 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 loan officers need to educate the buyer, but there was there was no issues. Um, the the appraisal, no, the, the inspection, the pest inspection. I think it was a uh, 90, dollars to the seller and everything was fine, but it went off without a hitch. And again, it was a great product. And I've done, I've done, this is the only one I've done this year. It's probably been three years since I've been involved with one, but it's a great product. So I, I, I don't think people should be
1: afraid afraid of stuff like that. I think the issue is just educating the, the industry. We've got a lot of realtors out there that still think VA is this difficult transaction to work through when it's really so similar to conventional. Now there's really no way, not no reason not to allow it to go through. Take me through your process
0: of start to finish. If I'm your client and I need to get qualified.
1: Well, I I always start with everybody with a telephone interview. I like to go through and interview the client and find out exactly what they're bringing to the table, what their pros and cons are so we can look at the whole picture. Um, Once we complete that interview, I email them a credit authorization to get their permission to pull the credit report. Um, Once I have the credit report in front of me, we send them a secure link with a list of all the documents that they need to provide that's tailored to their specific situation. So I'm not going to ask them for something unless it came up in the interview that we discussed, something that they actually need to provide in the transaction. Um, and then we, I give them the option. They can either upload it electronically or we can meet face-to-face and hand off the paperwork. We can handle it whatever way the customer is comfortable handling the transaction so we can get that pre-approval started. And I'm assuming you're asking me about the pre-approval process. Or are you talking about the whole process from beginning to closing on a house? We can start about pre-approval and then we can you know, you can talk about.
0: Uh, I don't know if they're Bob's Ten Commandments. Of, <laughs> I, I, I love that. So, uh, but that that's a good one. But yeah, I don't have that sitting right wrong.
1: in front of me right now. You do, but, or don't. Uh, yeah, that's. I don't have it sitting in front of me, but that's. Uh, I I have a flyer that I give out to the realtors and customers. It's called the uh, Ten Commandments of Buying a House, and one of them is, don't buy a car in the processor you might end up living in it. I mean, just little examples like that so that it kind of makes a joke out of all the mistakes that buyers make in the transaction or potentially make. So we can shine a flashlight on it up front so that they don't make those mistakes as they're going through the process. Like don't spend your down payment dollars. You do have that conversation. You have to. Yeah. That's part of the process of, of the interview. No matter how many times you say it, it,
0: it still can happen and does happen
1: that, well, that's why I always urge the realtors to do the same thing. Repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. And then the first time home buyer and the second time home buyer and everybody, they start to understand that you can't do those things. Real simple here, good, good question. What is your best advice for a buyer? Best advice is don't go out and start looking at houses until you got a pre-approval in front of you. You need to get the pre-approval so you understand what price range you can actually qualify for before you start looking at a price range for houses. If you're qualified for a $300,000 house and you're looking at $450,000 houses, you're never gonna be able to dial back your comfort level or your or your excitement for a house back down to that $300,000 level if you've been out looking at $450,000 houses. Those two products are just not gonna to compare to each other. So get pre-approved first, get pre-approved first. Don't be afraid to get a second opinion. Make sure you're getting the right product for what you need. Talk to somebody with experience in the industry.
0: Speaking of you saying, you know, get a second opinion. Do you still offer that incredible program with Howard Hanna Mortgage? Yes, we do. You want to explain that?
1: Yeah, Howard Hanna offers a second opinion for anyone that's already pre-approved. If they sit down with a Howard Hanna Mortgage loan officer and get re-pre-approved, they can get a $100 gift card. That's fantastic.
0: And that's been going on for
1: years. Yeah, that's been going on probably... Whew, I wanna say eight years, probably. How many of the cards that
0: you get, give out, do you do you, do you figure it out in your head? Like, are you at 50-50, higher than that, that you get those second
1: opinions? I would say that we give the second opinion and more often than not, we earn that business because we get an opportunity. We, I think, I know I do a better job explaining the transaction and educating the buyer than most average loan officers do. So you really earn that trust with your customer and they've learned right away that I'm looking out for their best interests. I'm not just looking out for a paycheck. I want to make sure that I do the best thing for them in the long run.
0: And, and I can vouch for you. I've seen you do it and always comfortable giving your name out to one of my clients because you do do a wonderful job of educating the buyer. And making sure that they're a comfort level because, I mean, let's think about it. It is, it is such an emotional purchase. It's the biggest purchase most people make in their life. They want to make sure that they made the, the right decision. You probably have mom, dad, your na- uh, friends of theirs, um, cousins all chirping in their ear. You need to talk to this guy. You need to talk to this guy. Um, so it's, it's, you know, not easy. So um, what you do is what makes you stand out from everyone else. I appreciate you saying that. Absolutely. So, Bob, one thing that I have always admired, and it's it it's definitely sticks out about you is you have this. Discipline, attention to detail organization about you. Your office is meticulous, uh, always put together. Where where did that come from in your life?
1: Well, to be honest with you, Michael, I think that comes from the time I spent working in the service and being in the military. I mean, you obviously have to pay very close attention, especially when you're working on a flight deck around aircraft loading bombs, missiles, rockets. You have to be very detailed in how you handle everything. And then after I got out of the Navy, I, for a short period of time, I became a McDonald's manager and went through the whole training process for that. And I've never worked at a job where you had to have more detail to every individual detail just to make sure that store could make money. From the labor to the, you know, the, the cleanliness, just making sure everything, every minute of every day had to be exactly perfect. You got to monitor everything in the store while you're running it. Um, so I just think that's something that's carried forward in my career from those two experiences.
0: It, it's funny you say that about the, the, working as a McDonald's manager. I have heard that from other people. I know that whether they love the job or not, the training was invaluable. And again, I agree. You know, McDonald's getting to be didn't get to be McDonald's without having an unbelievable uh program that that they run and they don't they don't they don't change it. It's it's discipline.
1: I always joke that it's the hardest working job for the least amount of money. Wow. And how old were you when you did that? Oh, I was probably in my early twenties, so twenty four, twenty five years old, somewhere in that range. Okay, so you were not married? I was married. Were, I got married when I was 22 years old. Damn. I didn't know that about you. 22? Did you already have any of your kids? Any of the boys? Nope. Didn't have any kids until I was close to 30. And Bob, what are the boys doing now? Uh, all three of my boys are accountants with a firm downtown called Cohen. Um, they all work in the same field. They're all auditors for um, money funds and mutual funds. They uh, They just have great careers. Oh, that's fantastic. Good for them. Great,
0: great kids. Great kids. And before we wrap up, let's just briefly touch on something that you and I are so passionate about, <laughs> our Ohio State Buckeyes. I am 100% convinced that we, we're, for sure we're in the final four. I definitely think we play for a national championship. There's so much luck that goes into that. And you got to stay healthy, which is part of that luck. But I am geeked up for Buckeye football. How about you?
1: I'm very excited about Buckeye football. I'm a little concerned of how many guys we graduated out last year, but we still have an exceptional core of players. And if you really think about it last year, that Georgia-Ohio State game was the real national championship. We lost it by a field goal at the end. We, I mean, we should be playing for the national championship. We have the talent. We have the coaching. I just think it's an outstanding program.
0: And uh, again, is, is there going to be a bigger game this year than Ohio state Michigan? Not a chance. I don't think
1: so. Not a chance. I don't think
0: so. (laughs) No. And, um, I have never in all my years of being a Buckeye fanatic and going to school there, I've never been to the big house for a football game. I've been there for soccer. I've never been there either. I've been there for an art fest. I've never been there either. But um, (laughs) it it will be insane. I mean, absolutely insane. And people can say what they say. That's what makes it such an amazing rivalry that they beat us two years in a row. If they beat us three people will lose their mind in Ohio. And again, Oh, I, anybody that that didn't believe that, that he could coach didn't know football because everywhere he has been, and I'm not even mentioning his name. um, There's a reason why don't, we don't like him. (laughs) He's a great coach and you got to respect him. And they, they got some talent. So it, 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 it's, it's just, it's, I can't wait for it. I think it'll be great. We do not have, and this is my last fall that I get to spend there with my kid. Um, we do not have a great home schedule this year,
1: but no, because Notre Dame's on the road. Do we open or second week with Notre Dame? Uh, it's the 23rd. I believe that we're playing Notre Dame up in South. Bend. Look at you. Look at you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will, I'll get down to a game or
0: two, but um, not like the last couple of years where the schedule's just been amazing. So, you want to be there for every game the last couple of years. Well, I, I, I have, I just said, I didn't go. <laughs> I'm there. every anyway, I just don't get to go to every game any, anymore, but um, we'll wrap this up. I thank you for your time. It has been very informative. I appreciate you doing this. How can the listeners get in touch with Bob Wilson if they need your services?
1: Well, I got two forms of uh, two different ways you can get a hold of me. One is my email, Wilson at howardhanna.com. And also my telephone number, cell phone that rings right straight to my pocket, 216-559-3579.
0: Fantastic. Bob, again, thanks for coming on the MDV Blueprint Podcast. And I will see you around the office. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, buddy.